Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 72 of the Property Magic Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk all about how to conduct your due diligence when investing in property. Now, this is very important because if you don't do this correctly, you could make some expensive mistakes. I've been investing in property for over 25 years and I've got a few properties which, if I had my time again, I probably wouldn't buy them. And very often, that's due to not having done enough due diligence in the first place. And sometimes you make decisions based on the information you have available at that time and the knowledge you have at that time. And knowing what I know now, some of these properties I wouldn't have purchased. So let me share with you what you need to consider when doing your due diligence. The very first thing you want to think about is the area in which you are investing. Now, a good piece of advice when you're starting to invest is to start to invest in the area in which you live or which you work, because you're going to know that area better. You're going to know which are the good areas, which are the not such desirable areas. Now, you can invest remotely. Obviously, you just need people on the ground who also know the area really well. In fact, I've got a podcast episode all about investing remotely, which is number 21. You might want to go and look that one up. I actually think you can invest where you live and invest different parts of the country, as long as you have a good power team in place to help you in that location. So the area is really important. What you also need to think about is what type of tenant are you trying to attract? If you're looking for families, for example, within that area, catchment areas, school catchment areas are critically important because people often move into an area to either buy or rent because they want to get their kids into the local good school. If you're renting to students, well, the proximity to the university is going to be very important because often students are a little bit lazy and they don't want to travel a long way every morning to get into their lectures. If you're renting to young professionals, things like good transport links and local facilities and amenities are also important. So think about the type of tenant you want to live in your property and then make sure that the location is suitable for that tenant. The next thing you want to think about is is this property in an area of strong rental demand? Think about my five golden rules from Property Magic. Golden rule number two is we only buy a property in an area that we can easily rent out quickly. So the way you test this is by looking online to see for this type of property in this area, what's the supply and demand? Are there lots of this type of accommodation available for rent? You can actually look for properties that are on the online available call the letting agent and have a conversation with them. Now, here's a big tip. When you call a letting agent and you're trying to check out the demand and rents you can achieve, instead of saying that you are a landlord looking to invest in the area, pose as a potential tenant because you get a much better idea of the actual rent that you could achieve. For example, let's say there are lots of properties on the market for, say, £750. And you say to that letting agent, well, you know, I know there's lots of properties available at this price. Do you think the landlord might take £700? Now, if there's an oversupply in the area, the letting agent might say, well, yeah, maybe they might take seven ten. Well, in that case, the true rent is seven ten because that's what you'll rent the property for. 
Whereas if you just went online and saw all these properties listed as 750 and you spoke to an agent, they said, oh yeah, I can get 750 for this property. So you've got to make sure you're using the correct figures when you're doing all your calculations. So demand is really important and that's going to be affected by the type of tenant. The next thing we want to look at is, okay, if we're looking to buy this particular property, we know there's good rental demand for it. Um, if we're doing HMOs, houses of multiple occupation, we might go onto a website like spareroom.co.uk, check what the demand is in the area, see what the supply is and the quality of the competition. And we could even put a dummy advert on there to see if we get some inquiries coming through. So make sure there's a really good, strong demand. The next thing we want to check is... Does this property give you cash flow? Golden rule number three, we only buy properties that give us positive cash flow. So what that means, when you take all of the rent, less all of the bills, so that's not just the mortgage, it includes the insurance, the management fee if someone's managing it for you. If it's a normal single let property, then the tenants will pay the bills, i.e. the council tax, the utilities. If it's a house of multiple occupation, you as a landlord will be paying all the bills, utility, broadband, internet, etc. So make sure you calculate all of the bills, all the costs, take those off the rent. What's left over, that's your profit, your monthly cash flow. Now, obviously, you do need to pay tax on that. And I'm not really going to talk about tax on this episode of the podcast because your tax situation is going to be different from another listener. So, Obviously, when you make money, you do need to pay tax. And there are some clever things you can do to minimize the amount of tax you pay. But normally, let's just look at, is it going to make profit before you have to pay tax? Once you've worked out the cash flow, and we only ever buy something that makes positive cash flow, we want to work out the return on investment. This is how you can compare this property with other potential investments. So just to remind you, ROI, return on investment, is calculated as, as follows. So we look at what is the annual profit. So in other words, how much profit does this make every single month times 12 to give the annual profit? And then we divide it by the initial investment required to get that property in the first place. So it might be the deposit, it might be the stamp duty, the legal cost, finance cost, everything that was required to uh, acquire that property. And then we multiply the answer by 100 to give you a percent. Now, the higher the percentage, the better the deal. Just to give you some context here, in the UK, if you're doing a standard buy-to-let property, probably 5 to 7% is what you'd expect to get. If you're doing one in London, it might only be 2 to 3% ROI. Um, if you're doing an HMO, really an HMO should be in excess of 15% ROI. This is why HMOs are such a popular strategy because you get a much higher cash flow and you get a much higher ROI. Now, they are a more advanced strategy, but when you know what you're doing, actually, it's pretty straightforward. So we've talked about, first of all, is there rental demand, which is your due diligence. Secondly, we need to make cash flow. And thirdly, what's the ROI? So that's what you might need to do when checking out a property to make sure if it's a good investment for you. Now, there are a couple of other things you might also want to do when thinking about due diligence. The first one is, what about if you are buying that property from a sourcer? So you haven't found it yourself. You've got someone who's found this property for you. Well, you want to make sure that that person actually knows what they're doing. Um, many people get into deal sourcing, which, by the way, is a great way to make extra money. You know, when you're good at finding deals, you should find more deals than you can do yourself. And 
you're going to obviously keep the very best ones, but the ones you don't want, as long as they're good deals, you can pass them on to other people. If you're completely new to property, it's a great way to earn fees that you can use towards the deposits for the properties you want to keep. And if you're more a more experienced investor, well, you will be finding lots of deals and obviously you're not going to do all the deals you find, so you should be passing them on to other people for a fee. However, if you are working with a deal sourcer, you need to make sure they know what they're doing. Check them out with their past clients. You don't want to be buying their very first deal because maybe they don't really know what they're doing. Now, by the way, never ever pay any finder's fees to a deal sourcer up front. It should always be based on the specific deal they bring to you. And they might request a reservation deposit, 500 or 1,000 pounds. That's fair enough because it gives you exclusivity on that deal. You've got to make sure you understand what you're buying. And the deal sourcer should be presenting to you, you know, how much money is required to do that deal. What are the timescales? Um, you need to understand what the cash flow is going to be, what the return on investment based on certain assumptions. So it might be based on a certain level of percentage mortgage, typically 75% loan to value, and also a certain interest rate. So you want to check the calculations that they have used to come up with the return on investment that they're quoting to you. Um, and then when you've done the deal, you pay the balance of the fees to them when the deal completes. Also, they might offer a service of managing the property for you, managing the refurb, which is great, but you need to make sure they know exactly what they're doing. So that's just a few things you might want to check out if you're buying from a deal sourcer. The other aspect of due diligence is if you're working with someone else, you might be doing a joint venture with them, you might be doing a private loan to them, you need to do due diligence on the people you are working with. So my question is, how well do you know those people? What are they bringing to the partnership? And can they deliver on their part of the deal? So I've done lots of joint ventures over the years. I've had some really successful, fantastic ones. And like most people, I've also made some mistakes. And one of the biggest mistakes I've made when doing joint ventures, I've checked people out, they know what they're doing. And what thing I didn't do was I didn't check how many other projects they're also doing. You see, if someone's got too many projects, they might be too busy and they might take, take their eye off the ball on the project that they're doing with you. So that's a really important thing to ascertain. You know, are they doing other deals at the same time as doing ones with you? I would always ask people for referrals. So who else have you worked with? Have you got some testimonials of people who have worked with you and can testify to the standard of your work? Do some online research. It's amazing what you can find if you Google someone, look for their name, go and check out their LinkedIn profile, go and check out their social media. What do they say about themselves? And then also, if you are in some sort of network, for example, if you're in one of our local property investor network meetings, and let's say you're meeting a builder who you want to use for your project, ask around other people in that network meeting, hey, has anyone heard about this particular builder? I wanna do a bit of due diligence. Can you let me know what you think about them? And when you do find someone who's worked with that person, say, were you happy in the partnership? You know, especially a builder, did they do what they say they were gonna do? Did it come in on time? Did it come in to budget? 
Um, do they clean up after themselves? These are some of the things you need to understand when working with other people. It's really important not just to take people's word for it. Um, I like to believe most people are decent, honest people, and I normally give people the benefit of the doubt. And I've made some mistakes because I've had that attitude in the past. So unfortunately, don't just take people's word for it. If they say they've done all these various things in property, check them out, make sure they can verify everything they're claiming. There are some people in property, unfortunately, who are not as ethical as they should be and claim they've done all sorts of things that they've never actually done. When you're working with other people, you need to make sure they have experience. And ultimately, you need to make sure you know them, like them and trust them. Especially if you're entering into a joint venture partnership, you might have a long five, 10 year relationship with this person. You really need to make sure you know them very, very well. So this episode was really to give you a little bit of insight into some of the things you need to do when you do due diligence. We've talked about thinking about the area in which you want to invest in and the specific location to make sure it's going to be suitable for the type of tenant that you want to attract. We've also talked about making sure that when you buy a property, you know, you understand, you know, what's the What's the cash flow going to be generated from that property? And also, you want to make sure that there's going to be a strong rental demand so, so you can quickly and easily rent that property out. We also talked about doing your due diligence on working with other people. If someone's a deal sourcer bringing a deal to you, you need to make sure they know what they're doing. Oh, and by the way, a deal sourcer really should be compliant. What that means is they're registered with one of the um, property ombudsman or the property redress scheme. You want to make sure that they are registered with the information commissioner. You want to make sure that they have professional indemnity insurance in place and they're registered with HMRC for anti-money laundering checks. So make sure they are doing this professionally rather than trying to make a bit of money on the side and they don't really know what they're doing because if they make a mistake, you're the person who's going to pay the cost of the mistake they're making if you buy a property that's not actually a very good deal. Remember, when you're investing in property, you need to take personal responsibility for the decisions you make. It's no good pointing the finger and blaming someone else. And guess what? They might be partly to blame if you buy not such a good property. But ultimately, it's your responsibility. It's your decision. You need to make sure you're only buying really good investments. And finally, if you're working with other people in a capacity as a joint venture, um, you need to make sure that you're happy with them and that they are fit for purpose. So I do hope this has been useful for you. If you've gained some value from this particular episode of the podcast, I've got two recommendations and also a request from you. The first recommendation is why not subscribe to this, to this, you, to this podcast to make sure that you get the new episode every single Tuesday morning. Go and listen to the other episodes. There's so much great content here for you. I promise you, if you listen to every single one of these episodes, it'll take you a couple of months to do, you would know more than the average investor in the UK. And finally, if you like this podcast, please leave me a five-star review and say why specifically you like this podcast so that other people will be able to find it and benefit in the future. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.com co.uk forward slash podcast you can contact me via linkedin you can follow me on social media and i highly recommend you subscribe to my youtube channel to watch loads of valuable property trading for free all of the details are available in the show notes until next time invest with knowledge invest with skill